Welcome to the In Search of More podcast. I am your host, Ellie Nash. Join me weekly on my quest for more, more from myself and more from this world. We'll see you on the other side. Welcome, Yehuda. What's up? How you doing? It's going. I'm sitting here with Yehuda Grani. Uh, so, um, you and I spoke a few weeks ago, and um, I suggested you speak with uh, Rosh Lowe. And he, uh, he he helped you prepare a speech, work on a speech, you know, kind of similar to what he did with me going back almost 10 years now, probably 10 years, maybe. Yeah. Nine or 10 years ago. He trained me for my, uh, oh, wow. for my first talk. Uh, what was that? What was the process like for you? What was it like to uh, give the talk? I'd love to. Um, I mean, it was unlike anything I've ever done before. I was super nervous. I hate public speaking. Um, but working with Rosh was amazing. I didn't even think I had anything to talk about. So I was like, okay, I'll meet with him. I don't know what I'm going to say. Within like five minutes, he's like, he started asking me about myself. I guess his his reporter instincts kicked in, his reporter skills. Yeah. And he he figured out like what my message was, what I should be talking about within like three minutes. And he, he made me realize that I actually have a voice and I can, there are things that I can talk about with, from my unique experience. So and talk to uh, that unique experience. What do you mean by that? So my sister Yechava died about almost three years now, almost three years ago. Um, she took her own life. Um, I mean, that's, that's the unique experience. She, now I'm here. She was your older sister. She was my older sister, yeah. My only sister. Only sister. And what was that? What was that like for you? Did you have uh, words, the feelings? It was. I don't know. I feel like I was. I was super numb for a while. She was. I mean, people. I, mean, I don't know if people always say this after after a death, but she was probably the closest person in the world to me. We were like, very much in the same wavelength in many in many areas. We got each other. And I have very different special relationship with my brother as well, my parents. But like, as I as I spoke about in my speech, like she really got me and she really helped me through a lot of things. So I didn't really have that person to talk to after she died, which was very, which is rough. Um, she is who you would have wanted to process something like this with. Definitely. Yeah, without a doubt. What do you think she would have said? Or done? <laughs> it's not about what she would have said. We would have joked, we would have hugged, we would have chilled. I don't like it, it it's not really about the advice that she gave me. And she was she was super smart. She was wise. I, I, I I'm telling you, I can't remember can barely remember any specific thing that she told me. It was just her being there. You know? Got it. So when you spoke to Rosh the first time, you didn't feel did you feel like you had a unique experience or you didn't even feel that? I know that I mean, unique is like a strong word. I I, I recognize that I have a unique-ish experience. Um, yeah, I still, I don't think that cha it changed my perspective in that so much. I don't think that I went through anything. Many people have gone through this. Right. I'm not the only person, but I definitely, yeah, I saw, I saw my share of pain. I grew up pretty quickly. Cool. And um, you mentioned you hate public speaking. Pretty strong word. I'm terrified of public speaking. Terrified of public speaking. And now? 
Maybe slightly less. <laughs> Is something you felt you couldn't do before? Definitely. What made you be willing to do it? I don't know. I just felt like it was time for me to just take a challenge and just do it. It's funny. If I, if, if I would have known that this was going to happen, the, I, I probably wouldn't have called you that first time. <laughs> All right, here we go. It's an ad, but it's not an ad because I was paid. It's an ad as an expression of love and appreciation for someone who did a lot for me and this podcast specifically. I'm talking about Ryan Carter from Scarlet Row. Many of you may know Ryan because he was a familiar face in the early days of the podcast, but much more than being a familiar face, he was kind of the, the juice behind the podcast from the very first day I had the idea. He's the one who pushed it from not just online webinars, but for consistent content, then going from audio to video. Everything you see here was his concept, his idea, and his execution. In addition to this podcast, Ryan has done a ton of work for me and my companies from creative design, photography, brand strategy, brand development, creating video content, creating presentations, photography, and much, much more. So you name it in that space, you want to create content, he's your guy. Even if your idea is just an idea and you don't have it all worked out, bring it to Ryan. He'll help turn that idea into something you can be proud of. Reach out to Ryan at scarletroad.com. I was thinking about that today. I was like, I know, I'm sure. Yeah, my preface if, is not so sophisticated. No, I know, but if I knew that, that that would have led to this, I don't know if I would have picked up the phone or it would have taken longer. Right. <laughs> right. Very often the things that we need to do are the things that, that scare us. Right. You know, I've, um, I, I don't know that my life, I don't know that any part of my life would be the same if I didn't work on public speaking. And even though it's not something I, I do that much today, like get up and speak the way I originally was, you know, worked with on Rosh, it definitely turned into a public expression um, of sorts. So that work definitely, definitely helped here. But I, I don't know if any aspect of my life would be the same the way I do my business, who I'm, I'm married to. I, I just don't see any of it wow. being the, uh, the same without this one variable. And I'm not suggesting that public speaking is necessarily that powerful. Expression certainly is, for sure. Expression um, has that ability. But I think it's, it's more about living afraid. Right, this was something that I was afraid to do, which is insane. I mean, what is, what did you do? Right. I mean, you didn't, you didn't go into a cage with a lion. I mean, you got in front of, up in front of a podium, right? Which those listening here will see in a, a few minutes, and you spoke, something you do every day, but somehow our mind can turn it into some fear. Um, I hope there's a, a similar, you know, opening of blessings that comes for you. After, uh, Amen. after taking this, this step, I hope this so step. Too. yeah, we never, we really never know where, where life leads us and who can be impacted, um, impacted, um, by the message. Who do you, was it, was there someone you were speaking to in your speech? Was there, um, someone Just to everybody to? who, who, who has a friend or, or knows people that are going through struggles and. I know this with myself and I was always afraid. I think the main point to my speech, I don't know if I said this, you know, express this properly, was I was always like afraid to, you know, dig in with my sister. A, she was five years older than me. So who am I to talk to her about anything? She always helped me, but not the reverse. And 
like I was always like, like, I don't, what if I say the wrong thing? She's going to get super mad and then she's going to get more depressed. And I didn't even understand what was going on. Like, so why, why should I, but I think that it's super important. Like looking back just to, you, you don't, you don't have to be like a mental health professional and give people like advice, but just to be like a person, just to be a person that can be there and be a sounding board and just be there and I'll listen to you. I love you. That's it. That's the only reason I'm here, you know? And that can be applicable to a friend five years younger, five years older, a cousin, like anybody. So I wanted to make sure I understood it. You were hesitant for two reasons. Number one is because she was older. Who are you to be the one comforting? And older, way wiser. Right. Felt like right. that at least. Oh, yeah. And it can feel like that with many people. We can fill in the blanks of why, of who am I to, to do this, number one. And number two is not wanting to rock the boat, knowing that she's struggling, not wanting to rock the boat. And now realizing that you could have. It wouldn't have hurt. Right, wouldn't have hurt. <laughs> right. What's the worst that can happen, right? Right. Not worse than this. Yeah. Yeah, but even so, you know, I've sat with other uh, mental health professionals. That, you know, maybe you know Lee Yaffe, who runs an organization, The Long Short Road, dedicated to people who are suicide prevention and people who are struggling with uh, either attempted <laughs> it or um, have thought about it. And a big part of her message, because she does a lot of suicide training, is that we are humans and we could be there for that other person and our credentials are that we're human. That's, that's it. We don't need to be a mental health professional to help someone feel better. Sure. Are there certain things you want to get them on board for? Sure. Asking, are they okay? We can ask. And even in, uh, in the podcast her and I did together, I think she she actually mentioned specifically asking the question, are you thinking of hurting yourself? Like that would be an, an okay question. Do you have a, uh, an opinion on something like that? An opinion on asking? Yeah. Do you feel like that's too far? Or? I don't know. I only have this one experience. I, I, did, I didn't do that. In your case. I'm saying you didn't do that, but going back, looking at the situation now. You're saying what I have asked her, are, like, are you planning on hurting yourself? It's an interesting question. I didn't want to go further than you were going. That's what I meant. So you were saying, I'm going to say, are you okay? And right. then I brought an example of someone saying, are you thinking of hurting yourself? So then I was asking, was that farther than you were at? Or do you agree with that? That's what I mean. No, I think that's fine. Right. Not as okay. a professional, as someone well, with, a, as I, someone I with experience. Yeah. 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 A lot of my thoughts around this came from 12-step recovery. And just seeing uh, rooms full of people helping each other and getting profound healing. And uh, our credentials were that we struggled with the same thing. That's it. There was no, uh, no letters after our name. There was just, hey, I, I've been through this pain. And it didn't matter how long someone was in it or not in it. We all had two good ears, you know. Right. And that, that was useful to the person who was, um, who was struggling. So it definitely is a powerful and profound lesson and one that I hope many people um, take to heart. One other thing, do you see the common denominator between you feeling that who are you, you feeling about yourself, that you're not the right person, who are you to comfort Yocheved, and you thinking, do I really have a message? Yeah, that's the exact same thing. As you're saying that, that's, that makes total sense. Yeah, it's like that same little voice in our head. Says, who are you? Yeah, that's major thing that Rosh helped me with, just self worth. Like, no, I'm, I'm a human being. Yeah. 
more than that. No, but that's that should be enough. Right. I, I meant more than that. Yes, yeah. we're a human being, but what a we're like we're a child of God. We're uh we're created, we're not extra. We have something massive to to offer and to do and uh, I believe in the world there's the, the law of conservation of energy. You know, we wouldn't have something unnecessary and extra. Why why would it be there? We would just the world wouldn't create it. If there's something there, if there's a plant growing, it has a use. If there's a if this is in the body, it has has a use. And if a person is in the world, they have a use. A very important one. So to think we can't like use again our mouths, our voice, our vocal expression, our you know. Yeah. Yeah, I've thought a lot of the same things. I'm preaching to uh to oftentimes when I speak, I see who you were talking to. Oftentimes when I speak, I speak to the younger version of myself. Like what is it that I wanted to hear? Um before and almost comforting that younger version of of myself, just assuming that my experience probably is similar. I can be a little bit weird, but not that weird that there's no one else <laughs> that has this uh this experience. So kudos, kudos for the courage to Thanks. Uh, share your story, step out and podium in the stage and allow us to <laughs> hear and learn from you. Thank you. Absolutely. And without further ado, I give you Yehuda Garari. Listen. I know it's weird that I'm telling you to listen, giving you a speech, but listen. Listening can be the truest form of kindness. It can be the most powerful and impactful thing that you can give to a person. I know this because it's the most powerful and impactful thing that my sister, Yocheved, gave to me. Yocheved killed herself. And while we can't go back, I can continue to share her story and spread her message in hopes of helping all the other Yocheveds out there. One of my most vivid memories of Yocheved was when I used to come home from Shul after Shabbos when I was about 14 years old. And we would be the only two home. We would hang out in the kitchen. She'd be in some oversized hoodie that she stole from me. And she'd be preparing salads, chopping vegetables, or whatever it was. And we would talk. Or more, or more accurately, I would talk. I would talk about whatever, whatever was going on with me at the time, whether it be some test I was taking or teacher I was having trouble with or friends or whatever it was. And Yecheva would listen. She would throw in some words of advice here and there, but the main thing was that she allowed me to vent in a space which was completely judgment-free, which was a completely foreign concept to a 14-year-old who felt like the whole world was judging him. And this was an incredible thing. It was also very impressive because I didn't know at the time or I didn't know the extent of what was going on, but at that time, Yechavad had already been struggling for years. She had been struggling with an eating disorder, with severe anxiety, depression, self-harm. She had been cutting herself. I'll never, I'll never be able to shake the memory of her arms and legs just covered in cuts. And with all that going on, she was still able to listen to me. She listened. The one time I was able to reciprocate this was years later. It was a Pesach. It was either the last or second to last Pesach before she died. It was a long affair. Big crowds. Friends, family. It's a Seder night. 
and I saw something was up with her. So we went outside. I asked her, Mechaved, are you okay? What's going on? And for the life of me, I can't remember what she said. I just remember hugging her and sitting in silence for what felt like an eternity. I'm not sure why, but that night really stuck with me. And me and her never spoke about that night after that, but it also stuck with her. I know this because in the letter we received from her after she died, she wrote about it. She addressed me. And she said, I'm sorry I coddled you too much when it was my job being five years your senior. I remember when you asked me if I was okay at the Seder and took me outside to just sit with me and told me I can lean on you too. And I didn't realize how much I needed that until you said it. Keeping your lovable self. I love you. You're my favorite little big brother. <laughs> and this was Yechavar in a nutshell. She was perfect on the outside. She was beautiful, kind, sweet, sensitive. She was wise. But on the inside, she had so much struggle and hurt and pain. And she didn't even realize. She didn't even realize how much she needed someone to be able to lean on. I wish I could have done that more, and I wish I could have been that more. Two days before she died, it was Hanukkah, Sunday afternoon. I was in my room, blowing off some steam, and I heard a knock on the door. She comes into my room, she crawls into my bed, and she was very small, but she gave the tightest hugs, and she was the best cuddler. And she, we just sat there. And then she started crying. And crying and crying and crying. I thought she was comforting me or she was just overly sensitive to all the unrest that was going on in the house that day. I thought it was about me. At least that's what, that's what was going on in my head. What was going on in her head is that she knew she was going to die two days later. She planned on it. And she was letting out all the emotion. I know this because she wrote about it too. She wrote, I think once today's events made me cry, it helped me cry about my plans. I hadn't really felt any emotions other than excitement, relief, and anxiety until now. But today, I felt deep sadness and guilt. I cried knowing how much I love all of you. I cried knowing how much I would hurt you. I cried, overwhelmed with sympathy for how you will be feeling in a couple of days. I cried so hard, I began to doubt my plans. Imagine that. All I had to do was ask, are you okay? How are you? Just make myself available. And we all can do that. We all, can, we all can ask those three little words, are you okay? Myself included. And this is the reason I'm giving this speech. In hopes to help all the Yechavids out there. And we all have those silently struggling. Whether it be your brother, your sister, your father, your mother, your friend, your child. Ask them, are you okay? How are you? And then... Listen. Listen without judgment. Listen with love. People always say, 
especially in the mental health space. Don't rock the boat. But the problem with that is, is that sometimes if you don't rock the boat, it'll sink. So listen. Listen.